to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So very excited that you are here today with me sharing this time. You know, yesterday we talked about uh, the readings from Sunday, from uh, Mass on Sunday. And uh, the readings all had to do with feeding and being fed. And uh, I was so worried yesterday. You know, we kind of, this is a little departure from the norm here at uh, on the Catholic Foodie Show. And I was worried yesterday that uh, I wouldn't have enough to talk about. But uh, <laughs> imagine that, right? Me not having much to talk about or enough to talk about. Uh, but we got to the end of the show when I had only shared just a little bit uh, of, of what I wanted to share with you uh, regarding the readings. And uh, so we're going to jump back into that today. I'm, I'm very excited to to do this and uh, have gotten some, some good feedback so far. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And speaking of feedback, I told you yesterday that I did get a uh, some voice feedback from my friend Treese. And uh, I was going to play that for you yesterday. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> Summertime allergies. I love it. Oh, this is fantastic. But I, I told you I was going to play that for you yesterday, and I neglected to do so. So I am going to play that for you uh, in just a minute. Uh, but first, I want to thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, it's exciting to have you uh, here, and I'd love to have you be part of the show. You can always call and leave me feedback, voice feedback, uh, by calling 985-635-4974. You could do that any hour of the day or night. Uh, it is a, a, a voice messaging service. Uh, I'm not going to actually answer that phone uh, to talk to you. It's uh, just there for you to leave voice feedback. It's an easy way for me to take, uh, to capture digitally, to capture your voice message and to play it on the show as as I will show you just a, in just a minute when we play Teresa's message. Uh, th- again, the number is 985-635-4974. You know, this is uh, Real Life Radio and uh, we are coming to you live right now. So if you want to call in the show live, you can certainly do so. Uh, Just dial 855-949-1380. I'm going to try very hard not to uh, have to cough and clear my throat uh, here in your ear. I apologize. It's the... uh, the summertime blues, you know, uh, at least in South Louisiana, is the is uh, allergies. That's just uh, the the way the way it is down here, folks. I think it's a state law in Louisiana. You have to have uh, some sort of uh, sinusitis or or some sort of hay fever type allergies. If not, they kick you out of the state, or they maybe tax you more, like some kind of penalty. I don't know. I have them, so I don't get penalized. I just pay the price, you know, with my allergies. <laughs> anyway, very excited. You know, uh, we are, you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. And we say that Real Life Radio is you supported. Uh, I certainly hope that, that that phrase there, you supported, piques your curiosity. If it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. And uh, while you're there, by the way, while you're there, you may want to click on the link for our uh, campaign. We have a campaign going right now to support uh, the um, 
the update upgrade of our uh, app of our um, listening app. Uh, we're in the final stages of development actually on the updated app uh, and, and it's going to allow us to better deliver all the excellent content here on Real Life Radio. We're over halfway to our goal of $20,000, but we still need your financial support to make the app the best it can be. Maybe you can only give $20 or 10 or even a dollar. That's okay. It all adds up. Your contribution, no matter the size, will help us to get to the goal of $20,000 so that we can get uh, the new and improved app into your hands and into the hands of countless other listeners, listeners who are seeking fulfillment, listeners who are seeking God, listeners who will benefit and grow in faith by hearing real life stories of the faith experience of real life people, people who have encountered and who know Jesus Christ. The new and improved app will include easier access to both the Real Life Radio podcasts and also live content. So you can listen to the show here, the Catholic Foodie Show live, uh, or you can access also uh, the shows from yesterday, from last week, uh, or any of the other shows on Real Life Radio. Uh, So very, very good. The geolocating feature of the new app will also expand to offer more localized content uh, in more markets, including our Care to Share participation. So very exciting stuff. The campaign, by the way, is called Real Life Appeal. You can find that over at realliferadio.com or go directly to the campaign online, which is at gofundme.com slash appeal. Thank you so much for your support. This is a work of love here. We, we, we uh, want to share our faith experience. We want to share our relationship with God, uh, with those who listen. And uh, your help, your support uh, makes that possible. So thank you very much for your support. So uh, I was I was share, sharing with you earlier that I did get some voice feedback. Let me see if I could pull that up here. We have, uh, I think I isolated last week the issue I was having, my technological issues. And I think that has uh, been clarified or rectified. So let me, let me see if we can uh, get this feedback to play here. This is from my friend Treese, and this is what she had to say. Hi, Jeff. This is Teresa in St. Louis. I just wanted to send you some voice feedback and congratulate you on your new daughter. She is just absolutely beautiful, precious. Um, We are in the baby mode ourselves. Richard is uh, our sixth boy, and he is 10 months. Um, Sorry, I'm losing track already. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to, you know, congratulate you on your growing family, and um, I'm going to try and catch up on your podcast. My husband uh, is a professional chef now, you may remember, and he works for the Fox Theater here in St. Louis. So um, I get a lot of excellent food and I never go out to eat anymore. So um, anyway, I will try to catch up on your podcast and God bless you and your family. And God bless you too, Trees. Thank you so much for uh, for the call, for the voice feedback, uh, and and congratulations on Richard. That's incredible. That's so awesome. And uh, yeah, I do remember your husband. Goodness, we're going back a couple of years now, probably uh, going through uh, culinary school. And I remember uh, some stories uh, from that time. So it's so good to hear uh, that he is uh, doing well uh, at the Fox Theater, that he is uh, cooking some good food and feeding you right. And uh, 
<laughs> all that. I mean, that, it's it's very inspiring to hear stories like that. So I thank you very much for uh, for sharing that with us, and uh, it's just a, it's a blessing to to know you. So thank you so much uh, for calling in again. Uh, you who are listening, who have maybe never called the Catholic Foodie Show, you certainly can. The number again for the voice feedback line nine eight five six three five four nine seven four nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. And today we're continuing our conversation here on the Catholic Foodie Show about the readings from Mass on Sunday, which is uh, was the feeding of the five thousand, the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus feeds five thousand. Also, uh, the first reading from the second book of Kings, where Elisha, the prophet Elisha, uh, through his his uh, ministry as prophet, uh, food was multiplied, barley loaves, as a matter of fact, multiplied to feed a hundred people. Uh, and we're so we're talking about really the goodness of God, the the the, the God's providential love and care and how that works in our lives. And there's also a challenging aspect to that. We're going to get into that in the show today. That was part that we couldn't cover uh, yesterday. And as I mentioned, uh, this is live, folks, uh, live radio. So if you want to call in during the show today, you certainly can. The number is 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. So uh, to refresh your memory from the, the readings yesterday, the first reading was uh, from Second Kings, uh, the prophet Elisha. You know, this is shortly after the prophet Elijah uh, was was uh, whisked away into heaven uh, on a fiery chariot. Right? If you recall that story from the Old Testament, from the Second Kings, uh, Elijah went up into heaven uh, in a fiery chariot, and and Elisha, who was his apprentice, his uh, his travel companion, had asked him before he went if he could have a double portion of uh, his spirit, his prophetic spirit. And uh, Elisha, well, Elijah said, it it all worked out, put it that way. And Elijah, (laughs) the mantle of Elijah fell and uh, um, uh, Elisha picked the mantle up and he slaps the water with it, the water parts. I don't know if you remember all those stories from the Old Testament, but in in 2 Kings you have, right after that event happens, you have a number of uh, miraculous occurrences that happen by the word by the word of the prophetic word of Elisha, you know, back to back to back, including the raising of a Shunammite, a Shunammite son, uh, the, the the son of a, a couple uh, from the dead. So it's some pretty amazing things. And then right after that, you have this story of the multiplication of the loaves, barley loaves. And, and the reason why, and I mentioned this yesterday, the reason why this was uh, part of the liturgy, because you do have human beings who put the liturgy together, right? And we have a, a very long history of our liturgy in the church, the, the, the lectionary uh, that we use today. Uh, but you can see very clearly why this particular reading from the Old Testament would be coupled with the Gospel of John. Uh, the, the, the church is trying, as a good mother, right? The church is trying to educate us. The church is trying to uh, help us to grow in our faith and grow in our understanding of our faith. And so for the reading from, from John, John's gospel, John chapter six, it starts out with Jesus feeding the 5,000. And what I mentioned yesterday and what I want to highlight again today is what, what is it that really strikes me from both of these readings when it talks about a miraculous feeding, a miraculous uh, multiplication of loaves. And in the case of John's gospel, the two fish, what is it that really strikes 
strikes me is the fact that God doesn't do anything halfway. God doesn't just, he doesn't just, you know, just like begrudgingly meet our needs. He goes above and beyond the call of duty and really above and beyond the need itself. And we are going to be talking more about this in the next segment. Uh, we need to take a break here. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. show on you supported real life radio i'm your host jeff young the catholic foodie and today we're talking about uh the bible we're talking about the readings from mass on sunday very exciting uh to me i've always uh loved uh, scripture I, I mentioned yesterday that uh the church has always uh held the word of god scripture in uh in the same uh, esteem as as it has the sacrament of his body and blood it's when you read some of the, the church documents uh from vatican ii on scripture and then of course, what you find in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it really is amazing. Uh, the Bible is not like any other uh, book uh, in existence, and uh, it really is a meeting place, a meeting place between uh, God and man. And so I always try to pay attention, of course, at Mass uh, to the readings. It's not always easy, you know, especially now that we have a little little bitty baby and uh, and teenagers. Goodness gracious, the teenagers could be almost as as distracting as a, as a baby can, you know, it depends on what kind of mood they're in, if they're, you know, uh, tugging on each other or poking each other or, or whatever. Uh, but that thankfully doesn't happen every Sunday. It's just from time to time. Uh, but I do, uh, I do, you know, strive to, uh, to, to pay attention during mass. And one of the things that I have been doing for years is, uh, trying to read the readings beforehand. So, uh, you can have, you know, the word among us is a great, uh, resource, uh, Magnificat. Lots of folks use the Magnificat little, uh, mag magazine type uh, publication that comes out. It's got the daily readings. It's got uh, an abbreviated form of the liturgy of the hours, morning, evening prayer, night prayer. Um, it has uh, other meditations, prayer and suggestions uh, for the month. And I, I love, we do actually in my household, we get the Magnificat and we get uh, word among us. I get the word among us on my Kindle. And my wife gets the, uh, I get her a hard copy of the Magnificat. And then I'm also, because of that subscription, able to access it on my iPhone as well. So it's, it works out well for us. And I, I strive to try to pay attention during Mass, but also to prepare ahead of time to read those readings so that when I walk in, I, I, I already have a sense of what's going to happen. And hopefully the listening part uh, uh, will will be aided by the fact that I've already read the readings. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes it's, it's better. It's easier to pay attention if you know what's going to come. Um, and, and also you don't have to reading. I don't know about you, but reading, sometimes you hear the readings from the, from the, from the, the, uh, the pulpit or the lectern or, or the ambo, uh, whatever you may call it, uh, it can be distracting in church, you know, perhaps the reader has certain quirks <laughs> that happens. If you go to mass all the time, you may notice that some readers just have a certain, certain ways that they do certain things. And that in and of itself can be distracting and that's okay. It's just part of life. Uh, but sometimes it's the fact that there's a lot of other activity in the church. Our, our parish doesn't have a cry room. Um, I, I, I've never really been, 
a big fan of, of cry rooms. Uh, and I, because I think that, you know, if we are a pro-life church and that's what we're talking about, pro-life, well then, you know, we're all part of the same family and, and, and we're all there together. We're all God's children. And if you have loud, uh, crying babies and, and all of that, well, that's life, man. That's just the way it goes. And, uh, we need to be there anyway, and they need to be there with us. And if you need some extra, uh, quiet prayer time. You can always go to church at another time of the day <laughs> and pray. We have a, we're blessed to have an adoration chapel at our parish. And I know there are lots of parishes throughout the country that have adoration chapels, perhaps making a special effort to go and to be, uh, to, to have that personal time, right? Cause we're mass is not, mass is not uh, personal prayer. Mass is, is liturgical prayer. We're, we're there as the body of Christ and we're praying as the body of Christ. We're, we're there as the church, which is always a, I mean, you think about it. I think we all have a tendency, all of us do. We have a tendency to, um, because we're American because we grow up a, with a with a mentality that is very individualistic. And so we tend to look at that fact first before any others. And we tend to approach, unfortunately, we tend to approach the church and mass and, and liturgy and sacraments the same way. It's all about me, right? It's all about me and my experience. What do I get out of it? You know, when in actuality, if you look at the theology behind the, the sacraments, behind the liturgy, we are not there as individuals. It's not really about us, right? It's about what we give, but it's a, it, it, liturgy is, it means the work of the people. The public work is what it, that word means in Greek. And that's what we're there. We are there to worship God. And, and it really doesn't matter how we feel. I mean, we could have a bad hair day or like me, I have a no hair day every day. I've got no hair, no hair day. You know, you have a bad hair day, good hair day, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if uh, if someone um, uh, upsets you right before mass. It doesn't matter if you walk in and you are as peaceful as can be, which is a total blessing, right? As peaceful as can be, open to God, open to the Spirit. It doesn't matter how we feel. We're there. We're there, and we're we're trying to enter in. We're trying to worship God, but we're doing it collectively. We're doing it as as a member, as part of the body of Christ. It is it is the th- we are entering into the thanksgiving of Jesus to the Father. Right? That's what we're doing. And so uh, sometimes we focus too much on what do I get out of it, and uh, it, it it really shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. I mean, we 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 need to maybe expand our horizons a bit. And I I've I've encountered this sometimes when you have people who are wonderful, wonderful people. We're all trying, right? We're all trying. We're all uh, seeking God. We're trying to get close to God. But sometimes you may encounter people who are really pious, and that's a great thing. Uh, but they have no tolerance for crying babies. It's like, man, come on. You know, this is, this is God's house. This is Papa's house. And we're all here to pray. And this little baby, you know, you, you know, there, I guess there's a time when it would be appropriate to maybe leave the church with a crying baby. And I don't even know why I'm getting onto a crying babies right now, but maybe it's because uh, it's the fact that, that, uh, we all need to listen. <laughs> we all need to be there and to listen. And that's one of the distractions. And I know as a, as a father now of a, of a newborn again, Again, uh, there are times when I need to step out. There are times when I need to maybe go to the back of the church. Um, but I think we all need to uh, be mindful of the fact that uh, if we're going to say that we're pro-life, we need to live it. And uh, we need to live it and start practicing it at home, right? That's what Mother Teresa says. You want world peace? Start at home. Start by loving the people right there around your own table. Uh, and then we can do the same thing in, in our parishes, right? Start by loving the people right there in your own parish. They don't, 
you know, maybe see eye to eye. You don't have the same exact uh, devotions or, or have the same theological views on certain things. So what? You know, we're all called to, to love. We're all called to, uh, we are the body of Christ and members of one another. And, uh, and we need to, to act like it. And I think it's a good place to practice would be right there in our own home, our parish home on, on Sundays. And I think that does, now that I think about it, I think that does play into what we're talking about today. These readings, these awesome readings, the, the, the story that we got uh, from John's gospel, uh, the reading from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, uh, I read this yesterday and, and at, at risk of uh, beating a dead horse by having to read it again, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because I think that uh, we may have new listeners, someone who wasn't listening yesterday. So you can maybe take, take a, you get the benefit of, of hearing this reading. And then I'm going to share some thoughts with you about this and, and really some of the, the challenging thoughts behind it. But here's, here's the reading from John chapter 6, verses 1 to 15. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 days wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed them to those who were reclining and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this is truly the prophet, the one who was to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. And that is from John's gospel, chapter six. <clears throat> the feeding of the 5,000. And I mentioned to you yesterday, there's a, a number of things that really stand out to me with this reading. I mean, first of all, it's very Eucharistic, very Eucharistic in the, in the symbolism that is used. Uh, you see Jesus doing what? Taking, giving thanks and distributing, you know, the same, same actions that, uh, that happen with, uh, in, in the Eucharist, you know, in, in mass. Uh, and then, and then the other um, stories or accounts of the institution of the Eucharist in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and those gospels, uh, we see Jesus doing the same thing at the last supper here. He's doing that as he's multiplying the bread. So there's Eucharistic overtones here, uh, of the, the distribution. Everyone is full. They take the fragments, they save the fragments, which we see happening at mass too. All the particles of the Eucharist are saved. Uh, and, and typically they are consumed in the chalice. They're added to the chalice. The priest will purify the chalice, consume or the deacon and consume the remains there. Uh, uh so you do see this, uh, this, uh, these parallels, parallels taking place. 
But the thing that I really wanted to emphasize, what really jumps out to me, is that God doesn't do anything halfway, right? He he uh, not only meets our needs, he exceeds them, right? He gives over beyond and over and beyond what is needed. And, and that is something that we're going to experience in our own lives. We can experience that right now in our own lives in, a many, in many different ways. God's providence, God's care, God's, uh, the way that he opens doors for us, opportunities. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in particular and some of the challenges that come along with that. When we come back from the break, you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. We've got to take a break. But we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show and you supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. And we're talking today about the readings from Sunday. We're kind of diving into the word here, trying to chew on it a bit. Uh, you know, we, God feeds us not only with uh, the body and blood of the Lord uh, in the Eucharist, but also with the word of God. He feeds us with his word. And uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, today. You know, I read the reading uh, again uh, last segment uh, from John chapter six. And I said that the, uh, the main thrust for me that really struck me is the fact that God goes above and beyond in the way that he provides for us, often giving us way more than what we need. I gave an example in yesterday's show of the wedding feast of Cana. And uh, boy, you talk about, I mean, he changed water to wine, not just, not just like subpar wine, right? Or just decent wine. It was the best. It was the best wine is what Jesus made. And, and a lot of it too. Uh, I'd have to get the, the numbers. I had once, uh, I'd written something at a point at one point and uh, did a little study on how much wine was uh, actually uh, made, you know, and it, it was an unbelievable amount of wine. <laughs> you know, so you think about that and it's like God's providence and God's love and care. What is it all about? You know, it's, he doesn't do it halfway. And, and ultimately, what's the goal in life? <clears throat> Excuse me. Those allergies again. Uh, what is the goal in life? It really is to get uh, is to get to heaven, uh, right? To get to heaven and to bring as many people with us as we can. That's why we need to spread the word of God, to spread uh, the message of the gospel, the good news uh, of of the Father's love, the good news of of the redemption that Jesus has won for us, and uh, the good news of salvation. And we share that uh, just with regular folks, right? In our in our daily lives, uh, they people see us and they say, "Wow, there's something about." Jeff, there's something different. <clears throat> He's bald and all, but he seems to be kind of happy, you know, kind of joyful. And there's something about what, what is it that makes him so, and he's, he, he's suffering left and right. I mean, look, he's so poor, poor Jeff. He's, you know, he's bald. I mean, look at him, but he's happy anyway. So people see that and they think, what is it about him? You know, what is it that makes him so joyful? And we should be able to say as in Pope Francis have been talking about this a lot, you know, Pope Francis talks about, uh, there should be no sad Christians, right? There, that we should, we should have this this joy because of the, the fact that even when we suffer, even when we suffer, God is with us and, and, um, we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. We have uh, the, 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 the love of God that we carry with us. And, uh, and so people should see that in us and they say, oh, I want to be like him. What is it? What is it that makes him different? Perfect way, perfect entryway for us to be able to say, 
Well, let me tell you why I'm joyful, right? Let me tell you why I'm joyful. It's because it's because I know Jesus. It's because um, of the good news that that Jesus has uh, saved me, that Jesus has forgiven me, that Jesus has blessed me, that Jesus has has uh, uh, filled me with the Holy Spirit. That I'm part of His body, the church, and we we worship God, we worship God, and we love God, and God is our Father, and God cares for us. So there's so many ways that we can do that in just our everyday lives by smiling at someone by being kind and courteous to people who are in the customer service industry. I had the, uh, the opportunity many times this morning <laughs> to be a blessing to, uh, to the folks who have to answer calls all day. And uh, that can be a tough job. And uh, I try to be as nice, polite, and as joyful as I can when I'm on the phone uh, with folks. And I can't say that I've been 100% successful in my life, but uh, today was pretty good. You know, we were able to take care of a few things with uh, customer service and um, and everybody left, I think, with a smile on their face. So that's a, that's a good thing. Anyway, we're talking about how God is just overwhelmingly uh in love with us and he blesses us uh, physically. Now, you know, materially and, and, and provides for us. And we can see story after story after story of this reality uh, in scripture, how God provides for his people, but also in the lives of the saints. And I've been reading a book uh, lately uh, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, it was written by Patricia Treese. And the name of it is, I'm trying to pull it up here, is called God Will Provide, and it's stories of divine providence. And so I guess you could say that since I have been reading this book for the last couple of weeks, that this whole theme is on my brain anyway. And uh, the, 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 the title of the book is uh, God Will Provide, and I'm trying to pull it up. I have it on my Kindle, so I'm, I'm trying to pull this up. Um, trying to pull it up here. Uh, it always asks, you know, when you pull it up on the Kindle, do you want to go to the furthest read page? So I, so I don't want to confuse myself, and that that happens very easily. So <laughs> try not to do that. But it's uh, uh, God will provide, and I've got something covering the screen up right now, so I can't. Okay, here it goes. Uh, How saints tapped into God's boundless supply and nine ways, something, 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 it's, it's cut off. But it's a great book. Patricia Treese, she's written a number of books and uh, and you can find that over at Amazon. That's where I found it, amazon.com. Um, uh, it's been a fantastic book. I really love it. The stories of of uh, Padre Pio, Father Solanus Casey, uh, John Paul II, uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Catherine Doherty, uh, Padre Pio, all these uh, wonderful uh, saints and, and and Dorothy Day, Dorothy Day as well, uh, just stories of, of providence, how God worked in their lives and, and worked in their ministries and provided for them in miraculous ways. Teresa of Avila, I mean, there's a lot of great stories from the saints, you know, when it comes to divine providence, but here's the thing, and here's where it gets challenging. You, know, you look around the world today, and you can see that uh, things aren't, uh, it's easy for me living in, in, in America to say that God provides. It's easy for me to say, you know, that we, you know, we, he, he, he meets our needs. Um, but, but you look at some of the poor areas of the world and, and try to tell them that, you know what I mean? You can see a disparity there. You can see that there's a gap. There's, there is some, uh, well, injustice, uh, I think really, I know Pope Francis has been talking about, uh, 
talking about this quite a bit uh, the last uh, couple of months. And, and he's, he's shown us by his example uh, ways of, of really uh, loving and, and reaching out and, and, and calling to mind the fact that uh, the, the, the poor in other countries, the poor in, in Haiti, as an example, or in certain countries in Africa or in Asia, that those people who are suffering and dying, they're, they're part of my family. Right? They're my brothers and sisters. They're part of my family. And, and the things that I'm going to talk about right now may seem initially overwhelming. And I'm going to tell you that it's not meant to be. And I, I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to guilt people and, and, uh, and you know, to feel bad about being an American and having things, you know, having, having life is, is pretty darn good, really, you know, for us over here. Um, but, but I do want to broach this subject. I do want to bring it up and to talk about it because there's a disparity. There really is a disparity when it comes to the world's resources. And uh, we Americans have, uh, have a lot. We have a lot. And uh, we live in a, a way that is unprecedented, unprecedented in, in, in global history. I mean, nobody's ever lived the way we live today. Nobody, ever. And um, it's a gift. It certainly is a gift. Um, but it's also a challenge. You know, it's a challenge uh, for us. And I know there's very little that we can do, uh, us individually, very little that we can do in the grand scheme of things, but that's kind of the point. And that's, that's what I'm going to talk about right here. Uh, there's a book I came across, a friend of mine, Colleen Mitchell, her husband, Greg, uh, and their children, uh, Colleen, Greg, and their children are uh, full-time, 100% in uh, Catholic missionaries. They are in uh, Costa Rica, not lounging on the beach or in a resort. They are in Costa Rica and some of the remote mountain uh, native uh, uh, villages there um, in remote a remote area of Costa Rica. Very difficult to get to. They're doing incredible work for the Lord and for the church and for the people of God uh, in that area. And I really want to have them, if, if we can arrange it technologically, I'd love to have, uh, have them on the show to talk about what they're doing because some of the stuff that they are doing is trying to introduce certain uh, ways or, or methods of sustainability when it comes to food and helping the, the native people there to, uh, to implement better ways of growing cultivating, raising food. Uh, so that, that would be great to talk to them uh, about that and what it's like to cook in a kitchen there in the remote mountains of, of Costa Rica. Uh, but they are uh, radical. Uh, I, I think you could say that uh, when it comes to living the faith, practicing the faith and, and being full-time missionaries, uh, living in the remote area as a family, as a Catholic family. Uh, there, there are, they do have access to the sacraments. There, there is a mission church uh, not too far from them. Them. They still have to travel to, to get there. Uh, they do lead uh, groups, uh, groups of missionaries who want to go and have a service experience, experience there. Uh, they do have that. The St. Bryce Foundation is the name of their foundation. And I will put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com so you can go and check it out. They've got videos there so you can see what they have going on um, and learn more about their, their mission. Uh, but very, very important, very important. And Colleen had, was talking recently about a book written by not a Catholic, not a Catholic, but someone who uh, loves Jesus, uh, who knows Jesus, and who apparently has a, uh, a very, has had a very powerful experience or encounter with, uh, with the living uh, Christ, with Jesus himself. And her name is Jen Hatmaker. You may have heard of her. She's a pretty uh, uh, famous writer. 
Uh, she's, uh, I think, the, the a pastor's wife, very involved in Austin, I think it's Austin, Texas. Uh, and is her, the, the story, the, the book that she wrote that really tells the story of how Jesus wrecked her comfortable Christianity is called Interrupted, uh, Jen Hatmaker. And I, I happened to come across this in the library, and it was one of those kind of serendipitous, which isn't really serendipity, it's more like providence, divine providence. Where I saw it in the library, caught my eye, checked it out, along with a bunch of other books. And uh, just within within a 24-hour period, happened to notice Colleen post something on Facebook that talked about Jen Hatmaker's new book. I was like, hmm, interesting. So I, I, I reached out to to Colleen. I said, hey, do, do, have you read anything else but by her? I mean, is this good? Do you recommend it? And she said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I read Interrupted, and it, it, it was like incredible, incredible. You know, so so authentic uh, when it comes to living out Christianity. I said, oh, okay, well, that's the one I'm reading then. And uh, I want to share with you some statistics here just to kind of help us to put in perspective this whole thing of divine providence. And perhaps that me and you, we may be called to enter in a little more deeply into being God's hands and feet, Jesus' hands and feet here in in the world. Um, today is, my phone is going off. Today is a good day to talk about these things. I know that we are coming up on a break. Um, we always have these breaks. So you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Support Real Life Radio. We need to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and I am talking with you today about uh, the readings from Sunday's Mass uh, and trying to uh, maybe open it up into a different direction, to look at it from a different perspective. And before the break, I was talking with you about uh, my friend Colleen Mitchell and her recommendation of a book called Interrupted, Interrupted by Jen Hatmaker. And uh, I was reading through this, and you have to keep in mind that uh, my personal experience, you know, back in 19 19- 1988, 89, 90, 91. Uh, I was working with the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's uh, nuns. It started out with the nuns, and then I actually joined the the, the priest, her, her priest, the missionaries of charity fathers, and spent two years in formation with them in Mexico. So I was living among the poor, and uh, I was poor. <laughs> I was poor and I was living among the poor and uh, it was a tremendous, tremendous experience, but it opened me up, you know, it opened me up in a way that, and I saw the world, I saw money, I saw poverty in a way that was uh, very different than, than the way I had seen it uh, uh, growing up, you know, prior to, uh, to uh, my experience. And, and still today, I mean, uh, my conscience uh, does, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say trouble me, but my conscience does tug at me, right? Uh, when when there is someone in need and I know that that I can help, uh, even if it would uh, uh, cost me, right? Even if it's not just, oh, I, I got plenty of that or, or you know, oh, it, it's, it's easy to do. No, no. Even when it's more than what I have and what, um, you know, it, it really demands something from me time-wise or whatever, I have a hard time and my conscience does trouble me because 
I, I've been there and I've seen it and, and, and I feel like that, that call, that pull to, to help whenever I, I can as best I can, you know, and it doesn't always have to be perfect, but so I'm, I'm very, I guess, a sensitive to this kind of a thing. And then when I, when I came across this book interrupted and, and, uh, Jen, Jen, uh, wrote this, Jen Hatmaker wrote this, she, the, the subtitle is when Jesus wrecks your comfortable Christianity. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the point. I think that's the point really behind this reading, the, the two readings that we have, uh, uh, to day or from Sunday's mass, uh, second Kings, the, the, when the prophet, prophet, uh, Elisha, uh, feeds, uh, the hundred people. And then Jesus in John's gospel feeding the 5,000 It's easy for us to look at that and say, Oh, look, God's so good. God's taking care of us. This is awesome. Beautiful. Love this. Um, and yet those two readings, those two readings are coupled with the second reading, right? The second reading in, um, uh, at mass, which was, I'm trying to pull it up here as I'm saying it. I had it somewhere. Where'd I put it? Here it is. Uh, that second reading was from the book of the, uh, from the letter of St. Paul, the Ephesians. It's very, very short. He says, brothers and sisters, I urge you, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to Preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. One body, one spirit, as you were also called to one hope, the one hope of your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Right? We're part of the same family is what he's saying. We're part of the same family, part of the same body, the church. We're brothers and sisters. We are indeed our brother's keeper, right? We are indeed uh, responsible for each other, to help each other. And, um, and that's where I see this connection. God can use me and you to bless other people. And, and, and in fact, we're very much, very frequently, we are often called to do that. And, and sometimes it's easy for us to have deaf ears. It's easy for us to ignore. But just listen to some of these, to put it in perspective. Uh, this one chapter, uh, Jen Hatmaker's talking about uh, how, you know, certain things started to pique her, her, um, uh, her curiosity, but also her conscience, you know, her conscience was troubled. So she started to, to research this a little bit and learn about, um, poverty because that's what God seemed to be telling her to do. And, and here are some of the, the, as she says, conservative numbers, um, that help to put in perspective how good we have it here in the United States compared to the rest of the world. She says of the 6 billion people on the planet earth, about 1.2 billion live on 23 cents a day. Uh, half the world lives on less than half of $2 and 50 cents a day. The wealthiest 1 billion people average $70 a day. That places me and you in the upper, upper, upper percentages of the global population. And that's really kind of amazing when you think about it. So if you make $35,000 annually, you are in the top 4% of all the people in the world. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that really crazy? Uh, if you make $50,000 annually, you're in the top 1%. That's, that's amazing to me. Uh, someone dies of hunger every 3.6 seconds. Uh, last year, 22 million people died of preventable diseases. 10 million of those were children. 27 million children and adults are trapped in slavery. It could be sex slaves, labor slaves, child soldiers, child slaves, because of economic crisis. Uh, more slaves exist today than ever before in human history. 
And then more than 143 million children in the developing world have been orphaned, which is equivalent to more than half the population of the United States. And just in the last hour, over 1,625 children were forced into the streets by the death or abuse of an adult. Over 115 children became prostitutes. Over 66 children under the age of 15 were infected with HIV. Roughly 1 billion people in the world do not have suitable housing, and 100 million are entirely homeless. And she goes on. She goes on and on, and she talks about uh, more specifically uh, the, the, the resources that are available to us here in the United States. And some of this is very, very general, right? Not me and you as in, you know, individuals or persons, but in the United States alone, as an example, you know, in the U.S. alone, you know, we make up 4.5% of the global population, but we consume pretty, 20% of the world's oil, just as one example. Um, does, does this make us evil and bad and terrible? No. And that's not the point. Matter of fact, she had friends of hers who, who chastised her after this book came out and she said, you're making us feel bad. And she says, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is to, um, uh, to open our eyes, to see the plight of people around the world and then to try to do just what we can. You know, just what we can. And her point, her friends were saying, well, what do you expect us to do? You expect us to sell our houses, sell our cars and do it. And she said, no, she said, but you know, the, the, we also have tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, institutions. I mean, the government, first of all, does do a lot of uh, help around the world. We do a lot of good works around the world. So we are, the, the, the United States government is doing good in the world. Uh, there's a lot of charitable organizations that do the same thing. Right. A lot of money is being given to help people around the world. But she says, you know, in the end, that's great and all. But the question really comes down to what are we doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? Are we doing something? And I think that's where it gets to be um, important that we listen to what God says to us in our own conscience, what God says to us in our hearts. Uh, my wife and I uh, and our children, um, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, four years ago, we're at a Matt Marr concert uh, that was not even in the Catholic uh, church. It was being held in a, in a uh, Lutheran church, I believe, uh, close to where we live. And uh, it was just, I love, love that man's music. His ministry is uh, fantastic. And uh, I, I've, his music really helps me to, uh, to pray. Uh, I love his music. And one of the things, one of the, the parts of the night, one of the parts of that presentation, he was also talking about a ministry called Compassion International. And um, I, at the time, I had never heard of Compassion International before, uh, but, but Compassion International is a, a nonprofit. It's a ministry. It's Christian. And they are really hands-on. They are in the trenches. Um, the vast majority of the money that is collected goes to actual relief services instead of administrative type services. Of course, they do have to administrate to some degree, but the vast majority of what we give goes directly to uh, the people we are uh, uh, helping. So we signed up then. We adopted, or they call it sponsoring children. We did, we sponsored a couple of kids um, back then. We pray uh, for them. Uh, matter of fact, at every meal, we pray for them by name and uh, as a family. And we also, we were able to keep in touch with them. So the the the, the children that we sponsor contact us. They They send us letters or they draw pictures and they send it 
to us through the channels of Compassion International. And, uh, and we also had the opportunity to write back to them and to, to be in touch and develop a, a relationship. And it's, just, it's really been an amazing thing for our family, especially for my children, because my children will talk about these other kids by name. You know, it's been a couple of years now. So we see the development, the growth in these kids, you know, from, from when we started till, till today. And, uh, in the end, we actually ended up going in with a, a few other families in our parish to sponsor two more children. So we do that on a, a monthly basis. We contribute, uh, to help them. Uh, we also find it's very important to contribute to our to our church parish. Uh, we like to support our parish. Uh, and we also contribute to other, other ministries that are doing good works. Uh, kind of like, kind of like real life radio, real life radio is a ministry. It is an outreach. It is, it is people of faith who are trying to share their faith with others, with others who are seeking. And, uh, and, and so that real life radio also needs uh, support to do the work that it does. So we do try to reach out and I think that we are called as that second reading says, right? We are called to, uh, it's true what the responsorial Psalm said is true, right? The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. That is absolutely hundred percent true. But a lot of times he wants to do that through me and you, which is what Paul is saying in Ephesians. We are part of one body. We are part of the church. We are all children of the father. And uh, I need to do what I can to take care of you. I need to do what I can to take care of my own children, of course, and, and my family, but also to think beyond that. So it brings up some interesting points. I would love to hear what you have to, to say about this. What, if you have any thoughts about the readings, about uh, this, the, the, the stats that I brought up from uh, from Jen Hatmaker's book, uh, Interrupt. I'd love to hear about it. You've been listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on you supported Real Life Radio. So glad you've been with me uh, this hour. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, bon appetit.